The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. To another episode of 8-Bit Suplex. This is Josh McLaughlin, and I'm going to tag in here Sandy Gaveria. Sandy, how are you? It's a hot tag. Hey, guys. Hey, Josh. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, and we're not going to call any, our show anything related to the hot tag because we don't need to get heat with Izzy and her parents because they will come after you on Twitter. So we're going to just... Wait, what? What do they do? No. Well, you said the hot tag. Like, as if yeah. we were trying to steal that show name. We don't want to steal that show name. We'll just put it out there. Izzy and her parents, Izzy and her parents, we don't need heat. Sandy, we don't need heat. <laughs> we're just getting this, we're just getting the show off the road here. We don't, you know, we don't need anything, any, any misconstrued uh, heat uh, with any uh, super fans or, you know, uh, other superstars that are training. You might find yourself in the ring with Izzy someday. You don't need the, you don't need any preheat. You know what I'm saying? You are absolutely right. Let's move on. Yeah. Well, before we get really started here, now that we've, you know, dodged uh, you know, all the lawyers and Izzy's parents, um, I, I kind of let you know that support for the Ape and Suplex is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineer tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. And, uh, Moving straight into uh, the start of Impact here, Sandy, uh, we see a man that looks like he might use the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 on his bald head, and that's Eric Young. He starts to show off with a promo. He does. That's our new world champion. I can't believe it. EY, man. I looked at him and I was like, I feel terrible for saying this. We're the positivity freaking podcast out there, but he looks rough. <laughs> yeah. He- you know, we we come to expect a look out of our world champions, haven't we, Sandy? Yeah. And and uh, I, Eric Young. What do you think we have? We've been conditioned. We forget, you know, I mean, we had uh, you know over a decade of watching John Cena be a world champion. We've seen The Rock <laughs> yeah. be a world champion. We've seen uh, you know even uh, Chris Jericho be world champion. And you know what? Mm-hmm. One of these guys does not look like the other, and that's Eric Young. <laughs> but you know, he he definitely has his own style, and unapologetically so. Um, he starts to cut an interesting promo. It doesn't really seem like it's going anywhere. And of course we get, uh, Alicia Edwards, uh, coming in to kind of do a counter promo here. And, uh, for the listeners that aren't familiar, Alicia is the wife of Eddie Edwards. And, uh, she comes out and cuts a, a pretty passionate promo here talking about how, uh, Eric Young is, is trying to ruin her, not only Eddie's career, but also their life at home talks about how he can't hold his kids uh, things like that. So, but I thought uh, Alicia really, 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 really laid it on here. Um. Yeah. You know. You can. You can kind of tell. Um. She. She got really into it. She's really passionate, especially when she started talking about 
um, Eddie Edwards not even being able to hold his own daughter or even take her on a walk. Um, yeah. But she was also kind of in there, not just kind of making it about Eddie Edwards and, and Eric Young, but she said, hey, she's also not afraid of him. She's made it through some even bigger hurdles, even scarier tactics from other uh, opponents and other rivalries. And she says they're going to come back with a vengeance. Um, but my favorite was when Eric Young just looks at her dead in the face, gets down to her at eye level and just says, I don't care. Big pop. I laughed so hard. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, absolutely. And he comes back with a nice little uh, slap. And oh, yeah. The slap, it was a slap heard around the world. I mean, that was uh, definitely a, a pretty good, pretty good shoot slap there from Alicia to Eric Young. Um, which, of course, prompts Eric Young to uh, go to give Alicia the pile driver. And then uh, an unlikely save here. I was kind of caught off guard here. Uh, but the one, the only, Thomas Dreamer comes out from the back with his kendo stick to come up with the save. He did. And I also, this kind of takes you into um, what we're going to see later on. So Tommy Dreamer gets in there. He goes in for the save with a kendo stick and challenges. Mr. Eric Young, our new champion, to any type of match. He let, he says, EY, you pick the match. I don't even care for the about the title. I want to defend my friend's honor. These people, Eddie Edwards and Alicia, are like family to me. This is personal, and I want to get I want I want my hands on you. But he says, Hey, you pick the stipulation. It doesn't matter. I'm here for it. And yeah. Eric Young, as we find out later, accepts, and we'll get to that. But. Yes, Tommy Dreamer in a main event match in 2020. What a wild turn of events. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, when this year started and everything was getting real hot in the wrestling industry, AEW's taking off, Impact's building the biggest, best knockouts, you know, women's division. Uh, AEW's got the tags on lock. NXT's, you know, running. Adam Cole's got the longest streak going. All these top headlines in wrestling. And we get to September and Tommy Dreamer's main eventing impact. Um, you know, it, like you said, we'll get to that a little, a little bit later. But I got to tell you, I thought this was a pretty killer promo that Tommy Dreamer cuts. He nailed it. <laughs> I mean, it, it, as if we should have any doubt at this point that Tommy Dreamer can cut a promo, right? I mean, the man's been yeah, wrestling longer than we've been alive, Sandy. Uh, you know, it, it's just the fact that he's able to even you know put together two sentences with the kind of shit that he's put himself through. Um, it's kind of remarkable, but functioning to, to be out of bed, uh, at all. I mean, quite frankly, uh, <laughs> he does, you know, he does a pretty good job here setting up the match, getting the energy going, uh, for the show. I thought it, it gave you something to look forward to later down the line. I didn't expect it at the time to be the main event match. Um, but you know, Hey, I, I guess, <laughs> I guess that match, uh, is more important than the, uh, you know, tag team championship match or the number one contenders match for the X division championship. Uh, you know, but we'll get into those a little bit later. Before we do, uh, we got uh, a couple of backstage segments here. We got uh, uh, an interesting segment where we see Moose. Of course, last week we saw him find the uh, the kind of uh, Charlie from It's Always Sunny uh, string board where he connects the dots and <laughs> figures out that he needs to fly out to uh, what looked like New York uh, circled on the map there. Um, we see him get onto a, a Southwest Airlines uh, flight. Uh, which I thought was funny. Uh, way to go, Impact. Really uh, shell out for the uh, premier <laughs> airline carrier there. Uh, no, nothing against Southwest. I fly Southwest, but that's because I have a budget, Sandy. 
I would assume that a big wrestling promotion could probably put their, you know, talents for, especially when they're shooting an angle, I'm a little bit Ooh. better than Southwest. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Moose is on a budget. Moose, hey, listen, Moose has got to kick some ass. He doesn't need to spend money to do so, uh, I suppose. Uh, but, yeah, I thought it was just kind of, kind of a silly little thing showing the uh, where he's going there. Uh, uh, nothing really else to hit on. Uh, but we get to see, uh, right from that, the uh, – the newly engaged uh, Giant Bravo and Rosemary uh, kind of planning, starting to plan wedding stuff. And of course, uh, Taya inserts herself as the wedding planner and instantly starts making it all about her. I thought it was kind of some funny stuff here. What'd you think? I thought it was, I thought it was great. Um, the whole, I guess I'm not too familiar with Rosemary's character. And of course it's very easy to understand what she is. She's a demon. She does demon things. And she's mm-hmm. talking about, what was it? resurrect like the hassle it is to resurrect someone that she wants to officiate the wedding right. and i thought that was oh my god but then you know she snaps her finger she disappears taya takes over um and taya's hilarious i think this is this is the part that i've been enjoying the most about impact is that they're not taking themselves seriously this is a point no. that we touch every single episode like it's goofy it's silly but it's it's pro wrestling which is what i think in my heart it's what it's supposed to be it's subjective of course to everyone everyone has a different taste but they're not doing this being like oh this is going to be a real wedding like no they're being goofy about it which is how i think it should be and i think it works right and i think you know to draw comparison every wrestling promotion has some sort of comedy wrestling angle to it right uh, mm-hmm. some are more of a, you know, the promotion itself is kind of more comedy leaning, right? Like a, a gotcha move. I don't know if you've watched any of that. Um, they do a lot of comedy stuff. You know, they have a, a wrestler named Lulu pencil and she's the, you know, the prod, the wrestling prodigy. Um, but she's actually awful. Right. So there's, there's kind of the more comedy stuff going on there. Um, and then you have, you know, like people like Toriano that are doing comedy mixed in with, you know, uh, you, we, a couple of weeks ago, we saw Yano beat Okada in a four-man match, right? That's just, you know. Don't get me started. Comedy, comedy kind of, comedy works <laughs> all over the world. That's kind of the point I'm getting to. Um, you know, so this is not over-the-top slapstick, like, telling jokes comedy. Like, you know, Yano, you know, pulling the turnbuckle off and then pretending like he's not going to hit anybody with it and then hit somebody with it, right? It's a little bit more like, okay, listen – you know, we don't have a, a major serious storyline going here. We're doing a marriage angle. Let's just not take ourselves seriously. And marriage angles in uh, American wrestling, professional wrestling, I mean, always, right? They, it, there's always some wedding angle going on. And I don't know why we have this in professional wrestling. I think they the promoters think it has, like, it'll draw in, like, female viewership. Um but I don't know, Sandy. Does do, do do wedding angles do anything for you? <laughs> no, never have, never will. Oh my gosh, I don't know. They keep trying, but I guess, yeah, I guess it could kind of attract maybe like a mom, maybe not someone like my age, maybe a little bit older. You sure. know, they like the whole drama soap opera like reality TV show, which actually I'm a big fan of trash reality tv but let's not say if you watch if fair fair to say maybe if you watch uh bravo uh tv then you'll enjoy watching wrestling angles that involve uh you know uh the uh the quote-unquote cuck angle or um the wedding uh angles i i don't know maybe maybe that's maybe that's tapping into that i i don't know i do know that i don't know how successful it is (laughs) 
I'm going to go on the not very. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, if this isn't the only marriage angle that we saw on TV this week, we're, we're not an AEW show, but there was, of course, uh, the whole Kip Sabian, who's his best man angle. And it winds up being the best man, not a best man, the best man, Miro, who we know as Rusev. Um, which was pretty funny. I, I love Rusev. Rusev Day was my, my jam. Um, I was one of the ones that would say it sitting in my living room at home. So we wish uh, Miro the best, but we got to get back to talking about impact. Uh, cause that's what we do. And we got a pretty good match here to talk about up next, which was, uh, Chris Bay versus TJP, uh, which we are told is for the, uh, number one contendership for the X division championship. Uh, I thought this was pretty good here. Sandy, why don't you walk us through here and kind of give your thoughts on the match? Sure. So we start out right away with a fast and explosive start to this match. Holy cow. Um, I think TJP runs into the ring while his music's still going, while he's trying to do his entrance, and Chris Bay immediately goes in for the attack before TJP even gets on his feet. Um, (laughs) Of course, my camp. Rohit Raju comes out in his bomb-ass gold jacket to watch the match in person. I love that man. I cannot wait to see more of him. I was completely, during that championship match that we watched in the previous uh, episodes, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan. Love him. Yeah. Um, but he was there. Like, he's a very explosive, very, we, we, I guess we've kind of gotten to know how Chris Bay and TJP work. They're very fast-paced, very innovative they're, they're, and this is exactly, exactly how that match went. It was a lot of back and forth. Like, it was like, I think they mentioned this on commentary. It was like a chess match, you know? Yeah. You couldn't, you, you think for a second one had the upper hand, but then the other one would come back and say, nope, now I have the upper hand. So it was, it was a battle between the two. Um, I I enjoyed it. I, I Actually, I will have to be a little bit of a negative Nancy here. I feel like they did too much physically and just not enough storytelling. It was just... right. Move after move after move after move, and it wasn't necessarily anything crazy high flying, but it was it was very innovative stuff, very impressive stuff. But I, I just felt like the match lacked like a, a story behind it, you know? Yeah, it didn't feel from my perspective watching it. I didn't feel the sense of urgency that it was for a number one contendership. It did that, feel yeah. it, it did feel like it was a lot of let's get to the next how technical we are at wrestling move. Um, and both of these guys are really good at it. And I, I understand the desire to showcase that. Uh, but, yet, uh, you know, the match was good. I don't think it was a bad match. But you're right. It, did, it didn't it did didn't draw you in. It was just a wrestling match. Yeah. You know, it didn't feel like a head stakes. It didn't feel like either guy really tried that hard. And I think that's something that you can kind of feel with TJP sometimes. He kind of feels like he's mailing it in, even though he's not. Because he's not emoting mm-hmm. as much as somebody else would. Um but, you know, I, I, I like the match. Uh, of course, you know, we get the uh, the quick kind of uh, surprise counter pin to get TJP the win. And uh, we'll, we'll see what happens next. Um, whatever uh, Rahi Raju uh, decides uh, if he's going to give TJP the title shot or not. Commentary seemed to suggest that uh, he would not give the title shot immediately or maybe not at all. Um, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. I hope not. I hope he makes him go through all the hoops until TJP finally loses his mind and hopefully we'll get some emotion out of the man <laughs> for this exhibition title down the road. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting too that Madison Rain called out too that uh, you know TJP said that he was you know dedicated to doing his tag stuff with Bala Ba. Um, of course, since we've started oh, yeah. this podcast, uh, you and I have not seen TJP tag with Bala Ba. So 
they pointed that out that TJP seems to be very much about himself and getting that X division championship. Um, so we'll see if uh, if Follow Bob plays a part uh, later on in this. So we'll have to uh, kind of take a look here. Um, That's a good call out. So let's see here. We have a locker room talk segment. Uh, of course, uh, Johnny Swinger is back uh, to co-host with um, uh, Madison Ray. And they have their special guests, Kylie Ray and Susie, back from Russell House. Um, as we see with Locker Room Talk week after week, there's really not a lot of substance, but more so to just tease the match that's happening next week. Um, and this will be a pretty good one, I think, because we see Deanna uh, Perrazzo, our knockout champion, and her new lackey, for lack of a better term, uh, Kimberly, come in. Um, cut kind of a pretty soft promo um, on Kylie and Susie, who, which, you know, Kylie and Susie doing the whole, like, like Kylie obviously is a genuinely, like, the nice character, always smiley, bubbly, but Susie trying to be her friend and trying to be over-the-top nice um, when we know what Susie's capable of. Um, mm. It's it's kind of a nice little – it's a kind of a funny little thing, but um, I'm more interested in the match than I am in the story here. Uh, what do you think? Absolutely. I'm, I'm excited to see all these girls go. Um, I feel like I haven't seen, I guess, Susie, as she's called now, wrestle in, in, in quite a bit, except for that one little match that we saw at Wrestle House. So right. I'm excited to see her in there again. I'm excited to like like we like you guys have heard before. We love Kimberly. I personally love Kimberly. Diana, you cannot not enjoy her wrestling. And of course, Kylie Ray is our number one. Love her. Um, yeah. I do have a question, Josh. Do you like what is Madison Rain's kind of character when it comes to her role as an interviewer interviewer at Wrestle Talk? Because when she's on commentary, she doesn't really give off that you know whether she's like a heel commentator on there kind of giving that that kind of side of things yeah but he was kind of mean to kylie ray and kind of being heelish towards them and i was like whoa what is happening here kind of she just did a 180 on us from commentary to wrestle talk uh, you know that's that's a good call out i don't know that madison rain is even really doing a character or doing character work i should say that much it almost feels like she's kind of almost doing like a it's almost like a mean girls kind of thing when she does locker room talk, right? Where it's kind of like, you know, let's dish on this or let's dish on that. Tell me about this part or tell me about this. Um, and she gets the people that are in locker room talk in, in trouble and into matches, right? With Like we saw with the Rascals and uh, having to wrestle uh, Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. Um, you know, it's it, it's kind of a weird thing because, yeah, she goes back on commentary and then she's kind of all over the place. I don't think she's – I don't think Impact is looking for – a heel commentator as much as they just want someone to just counter what Josh is saying. And obviously, I mean, who better to counter what you're saying than your wife. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it'll be interesting to, to see if they kind of push her one way or the other. Cause you know, she does occasionally yeah. wrestle still and she does get mixed up, you know, that way she's still, I believe technically in the knockouts division. And um, despite being a commentator. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, we'll see what happens, right? I mean, uh, that's probably the most interesting thing about Rocker Room Talk is that we don't know where it's going to lead to, uh, and not obviously the segment itself. Um, moving on from Locker Room Talk, we get a little uh, backstage here with Tasha Steeles and Kiera Hogan, who have decided that they want to be the best groomsmen for Johnny Bravo in the wedding. Um, <laughs> it's kind of funny stuff, you know, nothing, nothing too serious here. Um, I thought it was kind of interesting. 
they're trying to convince uh, Bravo to not listen to Taya about stuff. Don't know. It's not about her. You don't need to do this. Like, do, do you need permission from her to breathe? Like, you know, just doing stuff like that. And it was very, it felt very like, uh, like middle schoolish, right? You always had the buddy that in middle school that had the girlfriend and, you know, he just basically did whatever he said or whatever she said. And, uh, you know, and you'd be like, come on, man, let's go play football. And he'd be like, I can't because mm-hmm. Stacy says I have to go and do this. Like, dude, we're like 13. Let's go play football. Let's go play basketball. No, I can't. So that kind of, yeah, that's the vibe I got off of this. I don't know. I thought it was kind of funny. It's, it's lighthearted <laughs> stuff. And, you know, uh, we're going to to a, a segment later on, of course, with uh, Taya coming out. Um, for whatever reason, we're, we're seeing, uh, we get Tasha Steeles uh, against Taya in this episode of Impact. And we'll get Kira Hogan against Taya next week's Impact. Um, really just feels like a, a good uh, way to showcase the knockouts uh, division to the, the younger ones, especially Natasha Steele, who's uh, pretty new. Um, but then we'll get to the match later. But what did you think about uh, the whole – and we'll just touch on the later segment now, kind of wrapping it all together of having them uh, get into this little mini feud with uh, Taya here. I love it because it just felt very natural. You know, you're backstage to kind of make it seem like it's a locker room, which is kind of what it is. You know, you have mm-hmm. all the wrestlers backstage talking to each other, doing different things. And, I mean, I feel like that's exactly how it would happen in real life, you know. Hey, let me let me get into your wedding, that kind of goofy stuff. And then sure. the person who's planning the wedding is like, uh, no, I'm making all the decisions. Well, now they're butting heads. And what's the best way for wrestlers to kind of deal with anything? They wrestle. But yeah. I mean, it was great. It's just it's a matter of like, okay, hey, we have this agreement. Let's quit this, quit, quit the shit, and let's just stop talking and let's just get in the ring and and fight it out. And that's it. That's how we squash it. Um, yeah. But of course, we're going to continue to next week because there's two of them. Um, of course, I really, I really like uh, Steels. She, like, like you mentioned, she's very new, but she's very athletic. The size. I guess we'll get into the match later, but yeah. oh man, we'll get to see that size difference. It was it was tremendous. It didn't really seem like it at first, but when they were actually in the ring, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> right. Yeah, we will get into that. That is something to definitely highlight, especially too, considering that Taya, uh, despite being way bigger, is still very athletic herself. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, well, that's a little bit later on in the show. What we get next is Brian Myers, the most professional wrestler. Uh, comes out and cuts a promo about how he doesn't like that Willie Mack didn't shake his hand because he wasn't being very professional. Um, and then uh, Willie Mack comes out in full gear and uh, takes away Sandy here. So, exactly. He just wants Brian Myers just out here being a little bit of a snob. He calls himself the most professional, but he won by cheating last time. Anyways, he expects a handshake. He literally gets out there. In his little tennis shoes, his t-shirt, his joggers, and says, hey, Willie Mack, get out here and shake my hand right now. First of all, how are you going to tell a grown man to come shake your hand? Anyway, right <laughs> like now. you mentioned, Willie Mack comes out. He is in full gear. He is as calm as can be and just lets Brian Myers know, hey, I get a rematch approved and it's happening right now. And by the way, I'm not shaking your hand. And the way he said <laughs> it to me was so like, the confidence in this man, like yeah. he was just like, just taking taking no no BS from Brian Myers at this point, and we have a match, and it was literally happening right there. Brian Myers, of course, was kind of like, no, this can't happen. I'm not ready. But like commentary pointed out, if you're the most professional wrestler, you always have to be prepared. Yep, and Willie even said like, hey, why don't you have your ring gear? You're supposed to be a professional, right? So 
Uh, you know, it was a kind of a rehashing of the first match that they had, except Brian Myers, of course, is in street clothes. Uh, we see that play in here uh, towards the end. Willie Mack goes to pull his shirt over his head, and he tosses the shirt and kind of catches the referee. Referee turns around, you know, turns over to go chase the shirt for some reason. And of course, you know, Brian Myers gets the low blow and then puts in this uh, finishing DDT, and Willie Mack loses to Brian Myers again by cheating. Again, but can I call out that most beautiful DDT? Honestly, I could watch a video of that DDT just play and repeat for hours. It is so beautiful. No, it's One a can great. really aspire to have a DDT that looks as great as that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, we don't, I don't, I don't know that in the, you know, five years or so that he's been in WWE that I ever saw his finishing move because he lost 214 matches in a row or whatever it was. Um, (laughs) Ridiculous number. But, you know, I mean, it's a pretty solid DDT there. It's Um, beautiful. And you know what? The match to me was, it was a really good match. I thought, you know, it was, it was very simply put together where you had the story and I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a hell of a lot more than, um, than a lot of what we saw in the show, especially Chris Bay and TJP. Like this one, you know, you had your story. They were able yeah. to to do impressive stunts, like Willie Mack's freaking beautiful leg drop. And he does have his, a beautiful leg drop. Oh That's true. God, his kip up and his moonsault, I'll never not pop for that. <laughs> you know, you have those impressive, explosive moves, but you also have the storyline, and they're able to slow down where they need to slow down. And that, to me, is so important when it comes to having a successful match. And this match did it for me. I really enjoyed it. Like you mentioned, it was a rehash of what happened last week. But, hey, we have the – do you think this this feud will continue, even with Brian Myers here getting a, a second win over Willie Mack? Yeah, I think so. And I, and I think it's probably going to lead to a no DQ or something like that uh, of, of that form uh, just because, uh, you know, he's cheating already. So Willie Mack's going to say, okay, guess what? I'm going to beat the bricks off of you, too, and we're not going to have any rules keeping me in place. That's where I think it's going. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised by it, and I wouldn't be upset by it. Me, too. So, uh, moving right along here, um, that's the, you know what we love about Impact is that the show does keep moving at a pretty good clip. Um, Jordan Grace backstage getting interviewed. She decides that <laughs> she's not going to talk about what happened with Deanna Perrazzo, but she's pissed off about to Neil Dashwood showing up after months away and just assuming that she's going to be in the title picture. So Jordan chases down uh, to Neil's uh, um, backstage dressing room and we get to meet to Neil's PP, which <laughs> we all collectively learned stood for a personal photographer, <laughs> which uh, when they said that, when he said PP, I was like, okay, where are we going with this? <laughs> And then I remembered. And then I remembered it's not 1999 anymore, so we was going to be pretty safe. We're just going to pretend Thank it's not you. safe. Um, but yeah, you know, goofy little segment to tease that next week we'll see Tennille Dashwood uh, on Impact. No promise of a match. No promise of anything. She's just going to be on the show next week because apparently. Dude, it's- gosh, <laughs> this killed me. I laughed so freaking hard because again, it's that like goofiness. But it's, it was really cleverly done because, okay, he says, what did he say? He said that to Neil, it's just too important to be here right now. And then Jordan was like, okay, do you know when she, when you, we can expect her to return back to work? 
And then it cuts to the video package of her just getting photographed and posing. And it's like, Tanil Dashwood will be here. I don't know, one week or two weeks, whatever it said. Yeah. And then it, cut, it cuts back. I laughed so hard. I don't know why this right. made me laugh so hard. Well, it's it funny, clever. too, because, so you know, they're they're acting like they're also watching that promo happen, despite <laughs> the fact that yeah. there's no screens around, right? We've seen we've seen that there's you know there's TV screens for wrestlers to you know watch watch the match going on backstage you know we know that shot, uh, but there's nothing back there. This is literally just the dressing room. She's standing at the door of a dressing room and like she's like looking off camera when it comes back and she's like really <laughs> like. I love that. It was silly. It was goofy. Yeah. No, I I laughed too. I thought it was pretty funny. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so Janelle Dashwood uh, will be back. um, And I'm sure we'll have more to talk about with her next week. Um, Then uh, we got what I thought was going to main event the show, which probably should have main evented the show, uh, which is the Motor City Machine Guns versus uh, Des and Wentz, the Rascals. And uh, this was in my opinion, the match of the night. I really enjoyed this one. Um, it's just super, super action filled from the start. You could feel the desperation from the rascals, the, the desire to take the champions out. Uh, even though these are both uh, face tag teams, as we learn uh, after the match, um, which we kind of thought they're going in, but it really solidified that they're both face tag teams. Um, and, you know, I, I really, really enjoyed this match. It was uh, better than a tag match that I watched in person uh, over the weekend, Sandy, I thought. <laughs> um, for the record, mm. if you can catch on with what I'm saying uh, there, um, uh, you pick up on the first letter of each of those words, looking at you guys. Um, but no, I thought this match was really good. Um, I don't have anything that I thought went wrong with it. I thought it was awesome. Because I was, like I mentioned last time, I am so, like, I will keep saying this until it is not true any longer. I am so impressed by Dent. This kid is a freaking star. You know, he gets in there, every move that he hits, it's with a purpose. It's with emotion. And he is a great looking kid. He's young, I'm assuming. I'm not sure. I have no idea how old he is. But, oh my gosh, I feel like every, like, it's just a total star. If I were a an agent or a producer or anyone, uh, a talent scout for WWE or AEW, I would be on the lookout for Dez and I would be counting down the days until his contract with Impact expires. This kid, I know he's going to have a, a bright future. And I don't think I've ever said that in my life because, I mean, I, I'm just a fan. But to sure. me, just watching him, man, this kid has all the potential in the world. He looks He looks great out there. But like you mentioned, it's it was a fantastic match. Definitely should have main evented the show. This match didn't lack from from not having an audience. We've talked about that. We've talked about how some matches are actually hurt by not having an audience, or there's some some spots in the in the match where really the energy of the audience will really escalate and elevate that that match to a whole other level. This match didn't even need that. They did it all on their own. It was. It was so well put together. And even actually, I, I don't know if you caught this, but Logan actually did because we were watching it together. Mm-hmm. It seemed right from where um, the, the Motor City machine guns were able to kind of isolate Wentz and go for the legs right in the beginning of the match. It looks like they had to call an audio, an, an audible, I'm sorry. 
and they are such pros. They've been, you can tell by the way they work together that they have been, they're just so in sync, whether, you know, you had, something changes in the match that didn't go according to plan and they have to call an audible, it, it, you would have never noticed because it was just so smooth. Yeah. And this match, it's one, one for the books. My only call out here that I, that I kind of want to put like a little negative on was the ref really had no control over the match. It yeah, was, he's, was he was a bystander. <laughs> oh, my God. Minutes and minutes went by when the Motor City Machine Guns were just on Wentz and just two-on-one for the longest time while Dez was in the corner just waiting like an idiot. I'm like, what is happening here? <laughs> yeah, it was the longest five count uh, in, uh, of all time, uh, oh for sure. Because, yeah, yeah, that ref that ref was kind of a, uh, a bystander. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, the, other than that, what the, actual, what the, what the wrestlers did in the ring was – uh, fantastic. And you mentioned the legwork. You know, there was one at one point uh, where Shelly had uh, set up for the um, the dropkick to a seated uh, Wentz. And instead of doing the dropkick, he turned it into kind of like a twisting leg drop onto the knee again. And I was like, huh, I, I like I can't I don't know that I've seen that. And if I have it, it's been a while where, the, listen, I could hit that guy in the head, but his leg is, you know, to borrow from WWE 2K video games, it's in the red. You just got to keep working that part, body part that's in the red, right? So um, yeah, I thought it was a really smartly booked match. I thought it worked really well, ref, uh, ref bystander aside. Um, <laughs> he was then, a fan watching <laughs> right, was, from really, I, really listen, close. I probably would do the same thing if I were in his <laughs> shoes. Um, but, you know, it was a great match. Then, of course, uh, after post-match, the North uh, makes a nice run in. Um, before we move on, I'm just going to point out that uh, uh, Ethan uh, had the ugliest mustard-colored shorts uh, oh, I've ever seen in my that. life. Get no, those were those here. shorts. Those shorts were terrible. He Awful. looked amazing. He pulled them off. He looked like a freaking movie star. I don't know about that. I want. I don't those know shorts. about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, they would look more appropriate on you than they did on him. <laughs> Um, He's just trying to show off his hot new body, okay? Uh, and he had hey, to wear listen, some short shorts. <laughs> you, you, you got some quads, you got to show them off, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, after uh, they rush in, then Ace and uh, Madman rush in. And then there's a, a period where they look like they're going to fight. And then Ace Austin uh, says, hey, there's two of them. We can each take one. So the two teams split up, and they start beating the piss out of uh, motor machine guns. And then uh, apparently – Babyface tag team, the Good Brothers come in. <laughs> I was shocked as well. I'm like, wait, what? Um, <laughs> and they clean house and, uh, with the Rascals uh, getting back into the mix. Um, kind of a mess here at the end. Uh, not really sure why this kind of happened this way, but uh, the Good Brothers uh, are the only tag team of the uh, five tag teams involved in this scrum that are not booked for the match next week that they booked. Um, if I read the card correctly, it looks like it is uh, going to be next week, the North and Ace uh, Austin and Madman Fulton versus the Rascals and Motor City Machine Guns. So that'll be an interesting mm-hmm. eight-man tag match for next week. Um, the Good Brothers, I guess, they're just good brothering, you know? I mean, they, they, <laughs> they, help, out, uh, they help out the guys like, you know, hey, man, tell us thanks. And they, uh, it was kind of a weird, I don't know, they didn't really end very smoothly <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, no, I didn't. But no, that that eight man tag match sounds pretty good, Sandy. What do you think? I'm excited for it. 
I have to tell you something that Logan said while we were watching. Sure. <laughs> so he he said that Fulton looks like a pre-evolution of Archer, like a Pokemon. Like sure. <laughs> you have Fulton and then he evolves into Archer. Agree or disagree? <laughs> Hard to say. Hard to say. I'd like to see them standing next to like shoulder to shoulder. And actually, I'd like to see that match uh, because oh, I just yeah. I just love two two big guys just smacking each other around. Um, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I could see it. I mean, <laughs> Fulton, Fulton has more hair, so maybe he's the evolved state. Maybe not. I don't know. But uh, I don't either, know. we've been either... watching a lot of Pokemon. <laughs> hey, listen. Uh, so have I. Uh, you know, my my four year old uh, Nolan has gotten uh, really into Pokemon lately. Um, oh, and okay. he, he's, he does do, uh, a Pikachu impersonation. He's quite proud of. Um, oh. so at some point we'll get him on the pod to do his Pikachu impersonation. Perhaps whenever we decide that we're going to tackle Pokemon in an episode, Sandy, uh, which we are putting off, of course, because <laughs> that is such a huge topic. <laughs> <laughs> Massive. Um, oh my you know, maybe if impact shuts down for a week, uh, we just do a whole episode on Pokemon. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, you know, such is the life of a half wrestling, half video games podcast. Um, but I know this next thing that they tease, Sandy. I know you are over the moon excited Get for the whole <laughs> effing talk show, which is uh, probably the worst idea for a segment I've ever heard in my entire life. Because listen, I can I can deal with with Rob Van Dam matches. I can deal with the fact that Katie Forbes is going to be standing ringside twerking the whole time. I can deal. I can deal with the fact that maybe she'll do a hip attack in quotes hip. But why are we giving them a, a talk show segment? Uh, I we try to keep it positive here, and I've I've tried very hard with Katie Forbes and RVD, but I was just like, why? No, unless it's just immediately shut down by Sammy Callahan and. That's it, but you cannot really have Wrestle Talk and this new talk segment plus yeah. all the backstage stuff. There's no way. No, I mean you have locker room talk, you have this, you have the backstage interviews. Thank God that Russell House ended. Not thank God that Russell House ended, but thank God that it ended so that they're not overdoing all these extra segments. Um It would just be all talking the entire Right. Two hours. hours. Right. And, you know, when you watch this on Impact Plus, it's 85 minutes with no commercials, right? I mean, you don't got a whole lot of time here. And we're, you know, like you said, we try to keep it positive. Um, but there's there's no silver lining to that. I, really Not isn't. at all. <laughs> and, of course, you know, they end their announcement by making out, which brings us into a oh. very strange uh, Sammy Callahan uh, vignette. He says he's not going to hack the talk show. Despite this really, really weird tangent about how when somebody's got his number, he'll admit it. And apparently Katie Forbes has his number and he keeps on singing this parody, demented version of uh, 8675309, which is like, you know, (laughs) uh, if you're trying to reach out to younger viewers, um, Jenny, I got your number is not the way to do it. And especially not with a weird, hacky hacker katie forbes rob van dam segment this is not attracting people to the product no not at all so but you know what here's the positive here I will, we'll, have, we'll we'll turn this back to to the good graces i'm and interested in what, i'm interested in how you're going to do this <laughs> katie callahan is a great promo 
He does he, sell it. He can, he, does. he can cut that on the mic. He does it so well. He does. He does. Now, like the word, the things, and and we've had some other shows on our network talk about this with like someone like an MJF, right? MJF comes out, he cuts these incredible promos, he's delivering it perfect, and then like when you peel back the layers and like look at the words that he's saying, they don't really make a whole lot of sense, right? But because MJF says them so well, you buy into it, and you're like, wow. Mm. Maybe Moxley is a dictator, and it doesn't make any <laughs> sense at all, right? Um, I'm not saying Sammy Callahan is on the MJF promo level. Nobody, nobody come and start adding us about that. But I will agree with you that Sammy Callahan, when he get, does cut a promo, he does the words he says may be a little strange. He may sing very strange parodies of "Jenny, I got your number." Um, <laughs> But he's, I mean, he does, he does cut them well and he's in the character. So I suppose, you know, if that's what you're looking for, um, then by all means go right ahead. But you know, it was a, it was a longer vignette than I expected. Um, especially, especially in it, he, I swear he's saying, uh, Jenny, I got your number like 38 times in like two and a half (laughs) minutes. It was kind of, I mean, I'm picking on that because I hate that song because it's a terrible, stupid (laughs) song. And I didn't need to hear it again this week, especially sung by Sammy Callahan. But that's, that's so too much of a because that's... I, didn't, I didn't really notice it that much until you just said it. Well, because he sings it. He sings it. the song. He sings it horribly, and it's just it's like one of those <laughs> like those buttons in my head that goes, "Oh my god, that song! Why?" So, <laughs> Poor <Josh>. but I know. <laughs> you know I'm gonna recoup here. Why don't you take us through the next match? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we finally get into some knockouts action with Tasha Steeles, uh, with Hogan by her side, and Taya. So I didn't really write down too much about it because I was just completely, my eyes were glued to Taya. Like we mentioned earlier, the size difference here, when you when you have Tasha Steeles next to Hogan or any of other, other, other knockouts, you don't really, okay, she's a little bit smaller, but no big deal. Man, she was completely overshadowed by Taya, it seems, and you know, Tasha didn't get a lot of offense in this match. Um, this was pretty much all Taya. All Taya pretty much saying, hey, I'm I'm the greatest knockout of all time. Who the hell are you? Don't mm-hmm. talk back to me. This is feel my presence and, and feel and understand why I am the top knockout in in this in this company. And that's exactly what she did. Man, she looks great out there and just kind of not manhandled, but she did she just did everything so clean against Sasha Steele's. Uh, Tasha Steeles did kind of try to get in there a little bit, but just was immediately shut down by Taya. But it it looks great. What did you think of this match? Yeah, I thought it was really funny. Uh, the I'll touch on the the size difference in a second here because I did some research. Uh, but uh, Bravo ringside instead of managing Taya is making phone calls doing his uh, wedding planning. Um, right. Which is you know kind of just goofball shit that you know it's you know it's professional wrestling not taking itself too seriously, and I thought it was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, Tasha Steele's the little offense she did get in looks pretty good. Um, now this is according to, um, Wikipedia slash wrestling fandom, uh, because there's not an officially listed height, uh, that I could find for Tasha Steele's for whatever reason, mm-hmm. but I see Taya listed as five foot eight and mm-hmm. Tasha Steele's listed as five foot four. 
that to me There's feels no like a complete farce. <laughs> <laughs> Because no there's way. no way in God's green earth is Tasha Steele's five foot four. No, I'm five four. There's no way. There's no way. She is shorter than you, I'm sure. Uh, um, yeah. And and Taya feels taller than five foot eight. Now it could be just because she was standing next to uh, Tasha Steele's. Um, but yeah, the size difference uh, is is huge, and that was um, none more evident than when Taya, of course, goes for the road to Valhalla. Which I wrote in all caps looked brutal. Oh my god! I mean, she flattened her. I mean, (laughs) I've seen Taya do that move a lot, and I don't think I've ever seen it look that good. Because I think also so light. Right. Exactly. Pancake. Right. It's like you know the best the best you know suplexes I ever give her to my children because they weigh like twenty pounds, right? So, you know, I can keep it clean, keep it safe, you know, do a little snap suplex. Nobody's hurt, right? Everyone's safe. It looks real good. But, I'm calling know, child services. No, no, no. Only, only on the couch. Don't worry. <laughs> couch or bed only. Lots of cushion. Uh, but no, uh, listen, uh, you know how hard the rain uh, mat is. Uh, I don't know that I would personally want to take a road to Valhalla, especially the way that Tasha Steeles did, because it looked like her face caught flush with the ring. It was pretty oh. brutal. Yeah, it's not not fun. I one time in training, I it wasn't oh my god, it wasn't even anything that brutal. But I we were just kind of going over drop toe holds, and I didn't put my hands up to protect my face, so I just went down as hard as oh, I could Sandy. to the mat, and <laughs> damn near <laughs> broke my nose. I I was all messed up. My nose was swollen. I had like dark circles under my eyes. I'm oh like, boy. Oh. Gotta remember to put my hands up. <laughs> so if she felt like a quarter of what I felt that day, yeah, Tasha's hurting. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't think she got her hands up there, but uh, maybe she did. Um, but from the video I was watching, the angle that they showed it, it didn't look like she got her hands up. Um, because you know, obviously, Taya lets go of the arm so that they can do that. She's not a monster. She's letting the, you know, she's a professional. Um, but I don't think, I don't think Tasha got him up. Um, but. Of course, you know, we mentioned we get to see Kira Hogan try her best to, against Taya. Um, I expect that it would be more of the same. Uh, Kira mm-hmm. Hogan is a little bit taller, a little bit uh, bigger than Tasha Steeles, uh, a little less green. Um, but I think uh, there's a pretty good chance that, that she meets the same fate and takes a trip to Valhalla as well. I think so, too. But we'll see. And one little note, and I, and I thought about this today watching Impact. Because I was also, you know, I scroll through wrestling Twitter quite a bit. There's a, a recent signing to All Elite Wrestling, um, Tay Conti. And she used to go by Tainara in NXT. I wonder, and this is just me probably overthinking it, if she switched to just Tay. Because Tainara sounds more similar to Taya than Tay does. And maybe they don't want to get any... Cross there, but that's probably just me overthinking it. Maybe that was just, that was just a you know maybe just sleep deprived Josh watching wrestling and scrolling through Twitter probably had stupid thought, <laughs> but I figured I just get it out there. Hey, maybe you know maybe there is something to that because I don't I I, I I I don't know. I mean I I don't know why you would switch from Tainara to Tay other than you just don't want Jim Ross to try to say Tainara. <laughs> I actually think that's probably more of the reason than anything. It could oh be. My God. It could be. I, I can't imagine JR. JR trying to say, oh, you're a uh, Tanera. You're uh, 
but <laughs> oh, no. you know, but you know, but Excalibur would have no problems with it. So you know, it's kind of a yeah. give or take there. Um, anyways, <laughs> moving on back to back to impact, back to impact, back to Josh. Um, we see. What did you think about this uh, this moose segment uh, with his old ball coach? Oh my God, Josh, you're going to have to walk me through that because I I did not even remember what happened there. Okay, well, I mean, it wasn't that great of a segment. Uh, of course, it, it had a kind of an interesting uh, interesting kind of like you know moose is back talking to his old football coach. He's like, hey man, yo, it's great to catch up with you. You know what's going on? And moose is like, hey man. Have you seen a guy named EC3 walking around? And first thing in my head is professional wrestling is, is the dumbest writing sometimes. Because why <laughs> the why in the hell would someone go around saying their name was EC3? Why wouldn't he say his name was Ethan Carter? <laughs> there you right? go. Right? That's a good like, observation. But you know, that's like, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Like if you know Hulk Hogan went to the DMV and was filling out forms as Hulk Hogan, right? Like, that's not a thing. His name is Terry Bolia. He would fill out the form of Terry Bolia. Not that we would ever want to talk about Hulk Hogan. He's a racist piece of shit. And we don't, we do not, uh, glor- yeah, sorry, sorry for dropping the S word there. But he is. He's a racist piece of shit and he doesn't deserve to get booked ever. Um, but I was just, that was the first name that popped up that I knew the real name and, and the, the kayfabe name. That's the only reason why I went there. Do not do anything with Hulk Hogan. Um, <laughs> but then, uh, you know, the, the coach is like, oh, what do you look like? Uh, and he's like, oh, you know, uh, he wears a, a black hoodie up over his head. Really narrows it down, Moose. Uh, and the coach <laughs> goes, oh, does, does he have black hair too? And he's like, yeah. He goes, no, I haven't seen him. And it was just kind of like, <laughs> just like, like very like Three Stooges-esque kind of back and forth. And then uh, like the, the coach then like goes into this like mind trance thing and says something about like, you've been warned. It's all about your motivation. Like, it's just weird stuff. And then a bunch of guys in hoodies try to come into the coach's office. And Moose, of course, tosses them all aside and starts losing his mind. And that's the end of the thing, setting up for uh, more, uh, I assume, Moose trying to track down uh, EC3 as, you know, he goes around telling people his name is EC3, apparently. <laughs> Could you <But>, imagine? <laughs> I, I mean, you know... You know, you don't go around telling everyone that your name is Deanna De Los Santos. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, if, even even if you even if you're using your 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 working name, you still wouldn't EC three come up. You know, you right. don't it's an abbreviation. Initials. It's an abbreviation, right? At yeah. best, right? <laughs> oh my gosh, so silly. You know, what are you gonna do? It's like you know, if you if if people didn't know who LeBron James was, and and you walked over, hey, you ever have you seen this guy? Uh, he calls himself LBJ, and you'd be like, Lyndon B. Lyndon B. <laughs> Johnson, like the president? Yep. No, 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 LeBron James. <laughs> well, why didn't you just say that? <laughs> so exactly. You know, oh that was a perfect example of wrestling being wrestling, right? Um, and uh, another example of that, of course, is uh, Heath and Rhino hanging out outside of the, the uh, TNA uh, Impact offices there uh, talking about how they're going to get more money to run more ads on Impact for Heath for Impact. That's hashtag Heath for Impact. Um, apparently, you know, that's the way he gets a contract is that he just keeps on running ads. But of course, as we know, he's got kids and ads are not cheap. So Rhino has come up with a plan to get the money. 
And uh, apparently, they're going to be targeting Hernandez and his wad of cash. I've seen Hernandez uh, throw some dudes around. I don't think that that's a wise decision. What do you think, Sandy? I'm just finally excited to find out what the deal is with Hernandez and his wad of cash. We found out last time that he does, he's been winning at arm wrestling, but it's been such short segments and I'm so intrigued. So hopefully this will give us some more Hernandez and what's happening there. So I'm excited. Yeah, we'll see. You know, maybe that's a you know a couple of weeks down the road thing. Maybe we find uh, you know Heath and Rhino uh, disheveled at some point. You know, who knows? Um, but that leads to <laughs> remarkably our main event <laughs> for, a, <laughs> for a wrestling television show in 2020: the Impact it. World Champion Eric Young versus Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> who did not send me a message to let me know that this was going to happen. And I'm pretty upset with him because he did send me a message once. And I just assumed that he would continue to send me messages about, Hey man, Josh, we're pals. Make sure you're tuning (laughs) into impact this week. I'm going to be in the main event. You could have tipped me off, Tommy. You could have let me know. Got to get him straight. I, you know, I'm going to send him a message after we're done with this. Um, but, uh, it's a quote unquote old school match. Now, Sandy, can you tell me the difference between an old school match and a no DQ match? Um, uh, what about an anything goes match? What's 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 the common denominator here, Josh? Uh, they feel like they're all the same to me, Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> that but is exactly it. it. it they feels... refused to say no DQ, right? They didn't at all. No, they didn't say no DQ. They only said anything goes. Yep. Which Old is a, a strange, you know, feels kind of like a uh, a nod to how long Tommy Dreamer's been doing uh, no DQ matches. <laughs> They're just going to call it an old school match. Um, oh, no. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say this. And then I'll, I'll let you talk about the match some. I was pleasantly surprised. Okay. Yeah. So I, hmm, I'm going to be a negative Nancy today. I'm sorry. We try to keep it positive here. I do. Right before Josh and I got in this call, though, we, he literally said a sentence that I typed out in my notes, which I thought was hilarious because it was word for word, exactly what I wrote and exactly what he said. And that was, I did not expect a dreamer match in the main event tonight, but here we are. I kid yep. you guys not. Josh <laughs> literally said that before we got on the call, and I just burst it out laughing because I, word for word, that's what I wrote down. So, yep, here we are. Um, what did I think of the match? You know what? It to me, it was just so bland. This type of match, I really don't care for the hardcore stuff, and I really think that that stuff goes well when you have an audience because it, it's what mm. it is. It's you do these crazy things, these crazy stunts to pop the audience. Essentially, there's. Sure. Yeah, there's a story there, but you're not you're not being athletic. You're just beating the hell out of each other with random things, and without an audience, those random things that they're doing in there to hurt each other to win this match is just not as effective. Um, yeah. This match completely suffered from that. No, I agree with that point. You know, if, if you're gonna hit someone uh, unprotected on the head with a baking sheet, you want fans kind of oohing and on at right. And also, mm-hmm. please stop doing unprotected headshots with anything. That's my my PSA. Um, but yeah, it was kind of strange too because this is the type of match that we normally see Tommy Dreamer bleed like a pig. 
Um, and he got no color at all, which I thought was kind of strange. Uh, oh, yeah. maybe, maybe he earned his, uh, one, uh, tap on the shoulder from the censors when he, cause I believe he said, uh, the word shit early, uh, in his promo, uh, at the beginning of the show. So maybe he didn't want to, uh, you know, piss off the censors too much and, and get color. Anytime he comes out with a bandana on his head, Sandy, I just assume that he has a razor in it. Is that wrong of me to assume that? No, I think that's, that's I think that's fair. <laughs> that's a fair I, assumption. I, We've, we've watched Tommy Dreamer. Uh, the man's been wrestling. We, we did joke about this earlier. He did start his wrestling career in 1989. So, oh my God. Which, which, which is the year you were born, the year before I was born, which is insane that he's, we're now talking about him on a podcast, main eventing a show. But like I said, I was pleasantly surprised. And, and I was pleasantly surprised because I didn't feel like there was too much resting I feel like they did their 10 minute match. They, they got in their hits. They could, you know, there's a couple of times that dreamer got some really good shots in. Uh, he did the, uh, the one they had the, uh, trash can propped up in the turnbuckle and he threw Eric young off of it and then got him with a pretty nice DDT. I thought, um, and oh, yeah. you know, so I, I think there were some good spots. There were some positive things. Um, but at the, the end of the day, it was good. I thought, yeah, I mean, uh, Three cheers to Eric Young for being able to get uh, Tommy up to do that pile driver. Um, yeah. But I'll say this, and this is one thing I noticed, and you can correct me if I'm wrong because uh, you train and I don't. It looked like to me that Eric Young was struggling to get him up, and then Tommy put his feet pinned straight. He like straightened out his legs, pinned straight, and kind of helped Eric Young stabilize him a little bit to make that pile driver a little bit safer. I, I don't know. I've kind of picked up on that. Um, it looked like it to me that, that Tommy really helped get, get himself up, uh, even more so than normal. Uh, cause I know obviously there's some assisting going on both ways, right? Uh, when you do anything, uh, any throws or pile drivers or anything like that, but it looked like at one point, Tommy dreamers legs were like kind of moving and then he went pin straight. And then that's when Eric Young set up to drop him. I don't know, little things, you know, that remind you that he has been doing this for 30 years. Oh, yeah. Um, a hell of a worker that tells you it right there. He's like, okay, he knows exactly what he needs to do to assist uh, Eric Young in, right. in the maneuver. And he and that's exactly what he did. He had to do what he had to do. And he was, you can tell from his experience that he knew at that moment that is what he needed to do to help Eric Young and to make sure that it looked as great as possible. And it did. His legs were straight as an arrow and he came down as smooth as it could and he made yeah. Eric Young look so strong because Tommy Dreamer is a big guy. <laughs> he's a big boy. He is. Mm-hmm. A, he's, I mean, he's got to be over 300 pounds. Uh, I'd imagine, uh, or close to it. He's billed at six two, two sixty five, 265. And I don't believe it. Um, no, I, I think, about right I think he's me. a bit, I think he's a bit heavier, uh, if I'm being honest, but I don't know. I mean, I I'm about that same height. And according to the build weight, I weigh about 30 pounds more than him. So, you know, I don't, I don't know that I, I weigh 30 pounds more than Tommy Dreamer. I'd like to think we're pretty much equal as far as that goes. Uh, you know, we are friends. He does message me on Twitter. <laughs> um, you know, and actually, fun, fun story. Um, his real last name is Laughlin, L-A-U-G-H-L-I-N. And my last name is Mick Laughlin, M-C-L-A-U-G-H-L-I-N. Oh. So it's just, it's destiny, really. And you know what? Yep. And, and strangely enough, my Twitter handle, for some reason, the MC didn't make it onto my Twitter handle. 
And so my Twitter handle is at Laughlin Josh underscore Josh. So he probably was like, oh, look, this Mark's got the same last name as me. I'll just go ahead and message him and we'll be best friends. And you know what? Best friends is really you know, the theme of impact tonight because we got, you know, Tommy Dreamer standing up for his best friend, Eddie Edwards. We got, uh, you know, the good brothers standing up for their friends. And at the end here, we get Rich Swan in a boot and crutches coming out to help Tommy Dreamer as Eric Young, of course, with the pile driver gets the win um, and continues to destroy Tommy Dreamer's knee. Rich Swan comes in and uh, I don't know, uh, they really put over a one-footed Rich Swan pretty strong here, Sandy. Oh, <laughs> uh, I said, yeah, they did, but man, I was just, did you did you enjoy him coming out? Because I honestly believe they should have saved his return for another time. I feel like this is very anticlimactic. It was just like, oh, but he's there. I, they could have saved it for a bigger moment. I agree with you. I, I, I think if you wanted someone to come in and save Tommy Dreamer, you could have done that. You could have done it with another old school guy. You could have done it with a rhino. I mean, obviously he's locked up in his other stuff. Um, I mean, you could have done it with RVD. Uh, you know, they've been wrestling together all the way back, you know, an ECW callback. Right. Um, yeah. I feel like if you're going to tease that rich Swan is coming back, which this obviously is. And we, t- we've talked about it on this podcast the past few weeks, you know, with Eric Young winning the title, who's going to take it off of him. We both have talked about Rich Swan being a likely candidate to come back and take it off of him. Um, and we're still, today's date is, uh, we've switched over to September 11th. We have over a month until Bound for Glory. I feel like Rich Swan is the challenger at Bound for Glory for Eric Young's World Championship. I don't know how you're going to build six weeks with a guy in a boot and, and, and crutches. I don't see it. I guess we'll have to have to wait to see how they how they go about it. But I did enjoy how Eric Young um, took off to the back when, while he was on his way to the back, saying, "You you're not supposed to be here. You shouldn't be here." So he was right. He sold that very well as far as the shock of like, "Oh shit, he's back." I thought I I thought I retired him. So that, yeah. was, that was cool, but... Well, and two, I mean, Eric Young the whole time has been talking about how this is all part of his master plan. Everything that's happened has happened exactly how he planned it. And then Rich Swan coming back was obviously not part of his plan. So there's a little bit of a shock to the system there. So, like you said, we'll see how that goes. Uh, you know, I was hoping to keep Rich Swan on ice for a little bit longer, but it looks like we're going to be keeping Eddie Edwards on ice for a little bit longer. Um, enemy of the podcast. Ooh, yeah, maybe. Uh, I mean, enemy of the podcast, Caleb Baldwin uh, uh, from the uh, Grave Consequences podcast here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Uh, Caleb uh, did suggest that to me that there could be a triple threat at Bound for Glory between those three guys. And I'm just like, oh, can we just not get two baby faces screwing each other over so that the heel wins? Can we please do that? Not do that trope. But, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see where we get there. You know, yeah. but, you know, it was a fun episode. Uh, nothing, nothing uh, groundbreaking. Nothing super. Go out of your way to make sure that it's a part of your wrestling week. Uh, I thought pretty some pretty good matches. Got to see Willie Mack. That's always a good time. Um, and then you know, I actually, like I said, I was pleasantly surprised to see Tommy Dreamer go out and work a ten minute match. Uh, <laughs> and main event. I mean, I don't, I don't think 
Tommy Dreamer main evented much in his prime, Sandy. <laughs> right? Uh, let alone now. It's like, what? Yeah, let alone now. But, you know, uh, it is what it is. Uh, you got any other uh, thoughts here before we go to break? I want to say my MVP of this match, we're going to, this is a brand new segment. We have an MVP of Impact. Drum roll, please. The Rascals versus the Motor City Machine Gun. So if you can find yeah. this match online somehow, um, or if you have Impact Plus and maybe you haven't seen this episode, definitely check this match out. This was so much fun. Yeah, definitely. I'll agree with that. Um, and I'll say uh, we'll, we'll give the uh, hashtag chef's kiss uh, moment of the night because we forgot to do it earlier. Uh, to oh, the, yes. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give mine to the uh, Road to Valhalla from uh, Taya to Tasha Steeles. Oh, okay, fair enough. Kiss. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. We're gonna go to break. Uh, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about this week's news in gaming. <laughs> mentioned at the top of the show here we are brought to you by manscaped now i I gotta tell you sandy i went to the all-out pay-per-view in jacksonville florida this past saturday um and it was an unbelievably hot humid experience daily's place is outdoors it's an outdoor it's a covered amphitheater but it's still outdoors so uh if you're not if you're listening to this and you're not in florida you probably don't understand the humidity that we're dealing with unless you're maybe in like Houston or like New Orleans, somewhere along the Gulf area. But most people don't understand the level of humidity that we deal with in Florida on a regular basis. And of course, after it rains, it's even worse. And so it was like 90 degrees. It rained before we got there. It was just miserable. But of course, before that, uh, because I went back to school, I was at school all morning. Then I picked up some of the guys at the dojo uh, and drove with some of our uh, social suplex uh, network uh, friends. And we went up to All Out, about a three and a half hour drive. Then we stood outside in line in the heat and the humidity to get in. Socially distanced, of course, from everyone else in the line, everyone wearing masks, uh, which is mandatory there. Uh, I thought everything, by the way, was super safe. They had tons of hand sanitizer. They really made sure that everyone uh, followed that instruction, um, except for the one kid that said he was going to rush John Moxley, um, and he oh, was oh, yeah. absolutely taken down um, in the most uh, nice and painful way possible. Um, and I say kid, he was probably like in his early 20s. But, Sandy, in a normal circumstance, I would have gone to this show after this full day of being out, being active, walking in the heat on, on campus at school, then sitting in the car for three and a half hours, then standing outside in the heat, then sitting in the heat for which was a very long pay-per-view, and then driving back to Normally, the next day, I would be in immense amounts of pain from sweating down there. You know what I mean? Things rubbing, things getting sweaty, and you know what? That's a big-time oh. problem. That's a problem, <laughs> right? 
it happens to all of us in Florida. But you know what? Thanks to Manscaped's Crop Preserver product, which is their ball deodorant. They say ball deodorant, but really it's kind of for everything down there. I was able to not experience any sort of what we uh, affectionately call swamp ass down here in Florida. Had no problems, no irritation, came out smelling like a rose. Well, maybe not a rose, but everything <laughs> went went great. So, listen, if you, like me, normally would be in a lot of pain after a long, hot day, please get on over to manscaped.com, throw in the promo code SUPLEX, it'll save you 20% on your entire order, and you'll get free shipping. Uh, and really, uh, you know, obviously you want to use the lawnmower 3.0. Obviously, you want to get the premium boxers, which I also wore the Manscaped premium boxers for that one-two punch with the crop preserver. But make sure you take care of yourself. Uh, and, then, you know, at the end of the day, after you've taken care of yourself and made sure that you are not in pain, go ahead and trim that junk of yours. And now that we're done with that, I do want to take us now, Sandy, to – uh, kind of a, a new segment that we're going to try out here. Uh, we didn't have a specific game to talk about. We didn't have a specific genre to talk about. Uh, but, you know, it was still a pretty busy week here in gaming. Uh, and so we're just going to just call this segment This Week in Gaming. I think it's pretty, uh, you know, straightforward to the point. I think the people will uh, understand when they read the little episode description what This Week in Gaming means. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm excited, even though we're not really getting into any kind of specific titles or like you mentioned a game genre it's very important for us to discuss this week because i feel like we had some really big announcements um some surprise announcements as well and if you're ready let's want to go ahead and, and take a deep dive into this uh week of gaming yeah go for it uh, let's do dive it. right in so my of course i'm going to be the one to bring this one up Nintendo came out and they announced Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. First of all, I was freaking excited. Kind of. So it's like you you want to be super excited because it's it's Zelda. Anything Zelda related, you I get excited for. I don't know about you and but yeah. I feel like most Zelda fans are like, oh my gosh, no matter what it is, you're gonna get hyped for it. I was kind of apprehensive at first because I did play the first Hyrule Warriors. Did you play that one by any chance? I played it briefly. I, I didn't get too super into it. Um, Me too. I felt, I felt like there was no real story driving it. I exactly. felt like it, it was kind of emotionless. Um, and I don't know. Did you play the Dynasty Warriors that uh, that the game engine was was built uh, on? Did you ever play Dynasty I Warriors? No. So I kind of knew. I, I played some Dynasty Warriors, and I, and I kind of knew what I was getting into. Um, but it, it was a Dynasty Warriors game. With a Zelda skin. That's kind of how I, I felt it was. Exactly. Just like your your typical hack and slash game. You know, there's no, like you mentioned, no story to it. It's just button mashing, killing as many as many villains as you can for whatever prize they give you. So to me, when, when the first one came out, it was kind of innovative. It's like, oh, okay, this, we have this kind of, um, it's all from the series, but it's Zelda. Who, would, who wouldn't want to fight with, you know, your favorite Zelda characters against your favorite right. Zelda villain? But, it, yeah, like, I never really got into it, like you said, just because it's it's very repetitive. It's the same thing over and over and over and over. Just more and more and more villains. You keep hacking and slashing, hacking and slashing your way through these levels. And to me, it, it doesn't feel kind of like in wrestling. If there's no story, what's the freaking point, right? You're just right. doing moves. 
That's exactly what Hyrule Warriors was. But uh, on September 8th, Nintendo, when they announced Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, they actually did a little plot twist here. They said, hey, this actually is a prequel to Breath of the Wild, which is set 100 years prior to the game that we have all come to know and love. Now, 100 years prior is when you see the calamity that actually happened all the events that kind of brought us up to where Breath of the Wild uh, takes place. So that immediately to me, that caught me in. There's a story. So now we have that same kind of mechanics and the same gameplay as the previous Hyrule Warriors, but there's, there's a purpose and there's a rhyme, there's a reason, and we have our story. And that to me, I'm immediately completely invested. I'm going to pre-order it. I can't wait to, um, to buy it and play it. Um, I thought the video did a great job at introducing to us what's going to happen. So they mentioned, hey, you know, in Breath of the Wild, we know we know this huge event happened. We know the calamity happened. And it was very briefly mentioned and some kind of kind of like glimpse of, of what happened that we kind of get to see in Breath of the Wild. Well, they're saying, hey, you actually get to play 100 years prior when the calamity happened, we're actually going to be there with the Guardians, with Link, with Zelda, fighting, and during this enormous event that changed the history of Hyrule forever. Yeah. So that, to me, is just, oh, anything story related with Zelda, anything in the storyline, even though it's not a main story title, um, I'm completely invested in it, and I can't wait to find out more. Yeah, and like you said, it's different in that it's not a a Destiny Warriors uh, game or Dynasty Warriors game. Um, it's straight up a Zelda game that is something they worked hand in hand with the Zelda team on from the start. And what was really cool too is like you get to know a little bit about the Guardians, uh, like you said in Breath of the Wild. But now we get to actually see them in action and play as them. Um, and that's They're what alive. I'm most excited. That's what I'm most excited about. Well, I mean, they kind of were alive in, in Breath of the Wild too. If you know, it's you get into the, the spiritual sense, but um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but uh, playing as as uh, Rivali of the Ritos uh, and being that that bird dude that shoots arrows, I mean, that's going to be pretty badass. I'm pretty excited about oh that. Um, you know, so it, it's pretty, and you know, we've gotten to you know, in Majora's Mask, we've gotten to play as a Goron before. We've gotten to play as a Zora before, um, but to play, uh, you know. As a, as a Gerudo, as, you know, as Rivali of the Ritos. I mean, super cool stuff. Um, we'll see. Hyrule Warriors before had some kind of uh, weird, kind of out-of-place characters that you played as from different ones. You know, Sheik would show up, but also, you know, we could also play oh, Zelda yeah. and different things like that. So I, I'm sure there's going to be other playable characters that maybe don't fit the story as well. Um, I'm hoping that's not the case. I'm hoping they stick to the more uh, story-driven characters. I hope so, but you know, I hope so too. But I, I really don't think so. I think they're going to, from what I got from the from the video from the announcement, is that they're going to stick to this storyline of hey, a hundred years prior to Breath of the Wild, this is the calamity, and the way, like you mentioned, you know, they're working not just a team that's creating that the Hyrule Warriors type of gameplay and style, right. but they're working very closely to the actual Zelda team to make sure that they reserve the integrity of the Breath of the Wild story, which is gameplay, your graphics, your dialogue, your entire world, but just with that game style and gameplay of Hyrule Warriors. 
So I really don't think that any any kind of other villains that have nothing to do with Breath of the Wild are going to pop in here. If they yeah. do, I feel like that'll be a huge miss. Um, but I really think they'll do they'll do right with this game by not adding anything extra for for the sake of adding anything extra. Yeah, and but now there may be some other playable characters from the story too. Like maybe the King of Hyrule might be a playable character. Uh, you know, because obviously, even though he's passed in Breath of the Wild, he's still obviously very present in Age of Calamity. We see him in the trailer, so maybe we'll see some of that action there too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I it it for the way that Nintendo releases games these days and announces games, it's like, oh, by the way, here it comes next month. <laughs> you know, like you hear nothing. I love that. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. We had Breath of the Wild two announced that it was in production. We've heard nothing since. And then Nintendo just drops a little video and says, oh, hey, by the way, here's Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, and it's a tie-in. So yeah. I didn't know anything about this game. I had no idea it was coming. I didn't yeah, I don't I remember reading any everyone. rumors. Yeah, and, and not only that, but we got to see gameplay trailers, and I mean, it's coming uh, pretty soon here. So uh, definitely, like you said, that I mean, that's, that's the right way to kick off your week in news uh, about gaming is, talking about which is a you know we're and we're stepping into i think uncharted territory here too with zelda and that we're now going to have three zelda games uh tied to the same storyline as far as uh kind of direct sequel prequel kind of things i don't think they've done three before um we've um, we've, we've done two kind of um but i don't think that we've we've seen a direct sequel necessarily i mean there's theories about Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time being connected, uh, but certainly not three games connected this way. So to, to get the main bulk of the story in Breath of the Wild, to get now a prequel, and then well, obviously we'll get Breath of the Wild too. Um, I don't know. It's exciting stuff. Very exciting. And for anyone who would like some more details, check it out. Nintendo has put up their, um, their website for Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. It is releasing on November 20th of this year, so very soon. And actually, Nintendo uh, shared on Twitter that they will be sharing another uh, look at the game. So hopefully with more gameplay and more uh, back um, backlog on, on the story and what that's going to look like. And that they're going to release that on uh, September 26th. So later this month, we'll get more, more details on it and to get us ready for the release on November 20th. Very excited. I will definitely be picking this one up. How about you, Josh? Oh yeah, yeah. This is uh, this is probably going to be a pre-order uh, pre-order for me. I don't pre-order a lot of games anymore unless they like have like really good like benefits. Like, uh, like I I pre-ordered the Tony Hawk uh, re-release because it you got the demo and you could play around with the demo ahead of time and things like that. Um, but yeah, this, I'm definitely getting this one. Speaking of, we talked about Tony Hawk Pro Skater, the uh, remaster of one and two that released just last week. Last week, right? Time yep. to me is a mystery. But hey, yep. Josh, you've been playing for about a week now. It was our, our topic for last week's episode. How yep. do you like it so far? Give us an updated uh, uh, yeah, an update. Yeah, no, it is, um, it, it's really, really clean. It's super crisp. The, gra the graphics are amazing. The soundtracks are there. I mean, uh, it's really, it, it brings me back quite a bit. Uh, you know, I got a little emotional, a little in my feelings last week talking about that time period. Um, but no, I mean, it's it's a fun game. It's super awesome. There's lots of different, um, in addition to the, the levels having their own challenges to beat them, there's also a, little, a whole another section called challenges, and each skater has them. 
the normal skaters have like 21 different challenges. And I think the creative skater has 24. Uh, just doing different gaps and like, oh, you have to do a 40,000 point combo on this specific gap in the New York level. And it, you can't use grabs and no specials. And you're like, okay. Well, so now instead of just like collecting skate and moving on, now you're going back through these levels to try and unlock everything. Um, and I've, so far I've completed the all the challenges for the Creative Skater, for Leticia Buffoni, and then also for Nigel Houston. I just let my kids choose who the next skater I, I use is, and they just kind of sit there and kind of gawk at it. But um, Molly's favorite skater is Leticia Buffoni because A, she's uh, a badass chick, and then two, because she has a uh, tech deck that is Leticia Buffoni's pro model. Um, oh, that's awesome! So yeah, we have we have the Tech Tech uh, fingerboards here. That's a big, that's a hot uh, item in our house. <laughs> I love that. Oh, so would you say this is 100% worthy worthy of being picked up? Yeah, absolutely, and especially too, like at, at you know 40 bucks, uh, it's cheaper than most uh, you know AAA new releases. So I you know at, at the for the budget for the budget conscious uh, buyer, uh, definitely. I mean, I I would definitely go pick it up. Uh, speaking of things that I'm definitely going to be picking up. I want you to tell us about, uh, you know, we have a, a pretty big birthday coming up here for a video game character. <gasps> it's the 35th anniversary and birthday of Super Mario. Mario's birthday. I can't believe we're almost as old as Mario. He's only uh, like four years older yeah. than me. I know. It's pretty nuts. That's very upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> very upsetting i just turned 31 and then of course just a month later mario turned 35 what is happening in this world i feel like this i feel like mario is freaking just so many more years older than i am but no we're about the same age so that's i'm depressed now i want let's let's end this episode i'm gonna go cry <laughs> <laughs> well i'd like to not continue this episode alone but you know oh. there is there is uh several games being released um, for the Super Mario Brothers 35th Anniversary Edition. Um, now, I'll, I'll let you talk about the game package, but they are actually releasing a 35th Anniversary Super Mario Brothers Game & Watch uh, handheld, um, which okay. looks pretty badass, and it's super limited production. Um, the handheld, in addition to Super Mario Brothers, can also play the Lost Levels, uh, which was the real Super Mario Brothers 2 that we that only Japan got. We got it as the Lost Levels, because as we know, our Super Mario Brothers 2 is wildly different. Um, but yeah, no, it's it is uh, got the, uh, the the different little games from the Game and Watch stuff. Uh, it's fifty bucks. Be released on the thirteenth, and once they're gone, they're gone. So just keep an eye out for that. Um, but no, but they are releasing. I didn't even a, hear that about that one. Uh, they kind of snuck it in under the radar because mm -hmm. the more important thing is that we are getting a pretty awesome uh, bundle of games that are releasing together. We are. We are getting the Super Mario 3D All Stars, and that was, of course, announced for the 35th anniversary. It is arriving very soon, September 18th. Now, get this: Nintendo, being Nintendo. They are releasing this game, digital and physical copy. They're doing a limited release until the end of March 
2021. Now, this has actually caused quite a bit of controversy uh, in the gaming world and online and critics and gamers alike and news sources and reporters. I mean, you name it. It's been a hot topic of conversation. So as most of you, hopefully everyone knows, digital versions of video games, there's, there's an infinite amount of copies. You, you can't run out of digital software. Uh, however, Nintendo said, yep, well, too bad. We're not going to be selling any more physical or digital copies of this game come March 2021. So that's kind of caused a little bit of a uproar in the community. Do we know why they're doing that? It's just Nintendo being Nintendo. You know how they are. Yeah, they're so... I mean, I don't know. Do you know? Do, do you have any idea of why, Josh? Yeah, so I think they did this. I'm trying to think back to what year it was. I think it was the 25th edition, anniversary edition of, of uh, that they started they started doing this kind of like every 10 years. Um, they did a, a short run on that too, initially. And so, they, you know, we got all the original copies. And I think they wound up putting out a another one later on. Um, but it wasn't the same like case. It wasn't the same, you know, it's kind of like a golden cartridge Zelda games, right? If you get oh, that first, sure. if you get that first print, you got the gold cartridge. Um, so I think it's kind of similar there, but, but you know, the Nintendo's, the physical copy, not yeah, I know. You know, it's one of those things. I think Nintendo will always be protective of their first party games. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, those games are always going to be 60 bucks. They're not going to drop in price. Nobody puts them on sale uh, unless it's Mario versus Rabbids, which, you know, that's a whole other topic. Um, but the actual, you know, I, Mario Kart right now is still $60, right? It's been out for several years. Um, Mario Kart, uh, Super Mario Odyssey is still $60. If the Wii was still the current system, they'd be still selling Mario Galaxy for $60. They're not going to cheapen their product for their main IPs. So like Mario, Zelda, uh, Star Fox to a certain extent, um, those are going to be still, those those are the ones they're going to protect. And so they're kind of like, hey, look at us. We're being nice to the fans. Here's this nice little bundle. Um, but you have a limited time to buy it because otherwise we're going to go back to selling each one of these for 60 bucks on the digital <laughs> store. Oh, man. The amount of money I have spent on the same game. <laughs> It is ridiculous. I have Super Mario 64 on my Wii U virtual console, I believe, and like many other <laughs> resources. And I'm not, I am so against, not against, but you know, I like to give Nintendo my money because they have made these games. They work so hard to, to try new things, to really give what, what, their, uh, what their audience, what their customer wants. And they put so much love into everything that they do. So I'm here to support them and give them my money. But sometimes I'm like, man, I have honestly spent so much money on just one game. Like for right. Mario Kart, I, I bought it on my Wii U. I bought it again on my Switch. That's $120 on the same game for two <laughs> different consoles. What am I doing with my life? And right. that goes on for so many other games. Like as soon as they do like, oh, here's a remake of a game we just released a few years ago. I'm the idiot right there pre-ordering like, here, take my money. Right. <laughs> I know. And it's, it's, it's a silly thing. It's, you know, we, we shell out money hand over fist for Mario games. Nintendo knows it. I mean, uh, Shigeru Miyamoto has been, been pimping out Mario for 35 years. 
he certainly understands the value of yeah. Mario and, and, you know, the simple fact that we're still buying Mario games after they made the Super Mario Brothers Super Show cartoon show that was god-awful. <laughs> the fact that we're still shelling out $60 every time, multiple times for the same game. Uh, I mean, they got our number. You know, not to go back to Jenny, I got your number, but they got our number. Um, <laughs> but, you know, but get into this a little bit because you, you mentioned Super Mario 64, but there's some other, there's two other titles I think some people might have missed, um, myself yeah. included. So I actually, I didn't play one of these games. Um, Sunshine or Galaxy? I didn't play Sunshine. And uh, I didn't I play think, Galaxy. Okay, so there we go. I can tell you that Mario <laughs> Galaxy was a really fun game. It's really innovative. Um, but yeah, no. Why don't you just uh, break down break down these three titles that's coming in the uh, the Super Mario 3D All Stars collection here. So in the pack, like you have just heard, we have Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy. Which, like I just mentioned, I didn't get to play Super Mario Galaxy, but I know just from reading I, I like to read about the games that i play i like to read about nintendo and kind of be in the know i know super mario galaxy is actually one of uh the hardcore fans for the mario's like their favorite because it actually it, it was able to touch the anyone who's played mario in different ways because it was so innovative so new he's in freaking outer space right he's, he's in the galaxy somewhere it was also the introduction of uh, rosalina if i'm not mistaken and captain toad which you know, Rosalina, we have seen in other titles. We have seen her in Super Smash Brothers, and Captain Toad got his own his own little game out of it. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, what we see in this uh, in this three pack in this 3D All Stars is um, you're going to have updated graphics. You're going to have the the soundtrack available to you, and updated um, Joy-Con controllers. So it's going to have the rumble features on all the games. So. Lots of updates, actually not lots, some updates there, I guess you can say, but what's going to be really fun is being able to play that on the Nintendo Switch and being able to take that on the go. So rather than just sitting there in your couch playing your video games, that is the beauty of the Switch. You can do that and you can take it with you wherever you want to play. Yeah, no, and, and, and what's great too is, you know, if you look at the Metacritic scores, you know, I, I'll bring up Metacritic just because I think it's a, a pretty good barometer of, of how good things are because it just accumulates all the different reviews. Um, Super Mario 64, uh, when it was released, has a, a Metascore credit uh, score of 94. Sunshine has a 92. And Super Mario Galaxy actually has a 97. So these are all, all three of these are super popular. They're well, well uh, reviewed. Um, and definitely uh, a title that uh, everyone should be pretty uh, excited, I, I think, to to play. Uh, and definitely, you know, like Sandy said, uh, make sure that you uh, only go out and, and get it while you can, because you don't want to be paying aftermarket for the for that bundle, uh, because you know that used game stores, the game stops of the world, are definitely going to jack the prices up on those. Um, so buy it brand new when it comes out. If that's if that's your bag, that's what you want to get. And uh, Sandy, I do want to touch on one more thing before we move off of this Mario 35th anniversary thing. The Mario Kart uh, thing that's coming out for for this, where you can set up the Mario Kart gates in your house and then do like a VR thing through your Switch. Did you see that at all? Actually, I haven't seen that at all. How did I miss that? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it's 
it's one of those things where it's kind of like, you know, they, they're sneaking this game. They, obviously, the game bundle is what they they want to sell most of. Um, I think that's the thing that that's the volume sale there. Um, where like obviously they have the limited run of the game and watch stuff. They're probably not going to sell that many Mario Kart Live Home Circuit is what they're calling it. Um, it, it was kind of an interesting thing, and then you know they're going to do some uh, other Mario themed in game events uh, in like Smash Brothers and Splatoon and Animal Crossing and different things like that. So they're really going all out to celebrate Mario for for 35, and that's great. Aww. But listen, there's not, there's another game series that turns 35 next year. Uh, that I hope we oh, get God. the same. That I hope we get the same treatment. And uh, yeah, of course, it's the Legend of Zelda, uh, turning thirty-five next Woo! year. So. Oh my God. I know it's uh, you know, Sandy. Age age is not. We're not escaping it. <laughs> I just but, I just can't believe it to be like it felt like it was just not that long ago when I was celebrating the twenty-fifth anniversary of Zelda because I am a sucker for all these I'll, I'll go buy everything I'll do all the things for it, especially when it comes to Zelda like Mario that's another thing but when it comes to Zelda I will buy everything I will do it all <laughs> so it's crazy for me to think that it's already the 35th it's going to be the 35th year anniversary that to me is just mind-boggling yeah so you know maybe uh you know maybe we'll get some uh you know like Skyward Sword ported to the switch or you know some some maybe like a twilight princess uh remade in hd you know who knows a, you know a boy can dream i just want breath of the wild 2 already i know that what that would be the greatest 35th uh birthday present for zelda i think yeah for sure so moving right along with our news here um just a, uh you know ubisoft has had a lot of negative press um in recent times because of the uh kind of like me too type movement that's happened in the gaming industry a lot of sexual assault allegations uh being kind of pushed around that company um the company decided to go ahead and go forward with their ubisoft forward uh presentation and they did have some uh, comments from the ceo uh, about the all the allegations and everything like that but they opted because of timing restrictions, and I, and I did air quotes for those that are not watching our, mm-hmm. our Skype video call, um, that they were not going to include that as part of the live broadcast of their um, kind of uh, big you know, video uh, package here, uh, but it would be attached in the um, on-demand version, which to me just makes it feel like they just hope that people just get past it, right? Um, yeah, so exactly what it is. This, this, it's not a great look. Um, but I, I just want to highlight uh, a few of the games that we're going to see kind of coming out of it. Um, we are going to see Watch Dogs uh, Legion, which would be, of course, the third game in the Watch Dogs series, um, which apparently is Sammy Callahan's favorite series because it is, of course, all about hacking. Um, mm-hmm. Have you played any Watch Dogs, Sandy? I have. I really enjoy them. I have one and two. And I think the second one, if I'm not mistaken, I bought for my Wii U. So you have the integration with the gamepad where he kind of uses his tools to, huh. to go in and hack. I freaking love the Wii U. Anyone who talks badly about the Wii U can, can catch me outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was actually, I, I enjoyed the Wii U quite a bit too. And, and uh, I, I no longer have mine, but I did enjoy it while I oh. had it. I know, I know. Great. Hey, hey, listen, sometimes times is tough, you know, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, so we got a new Watch Dogs game coming. 
Um, we have a remake of the Prince of Persia Sands of Time coming. Um, they're not calling it a remaster. They are calling it a remake, um, which you know seems to be a distinction gaming companies want to make these days. Uh, we saw that with Final Fantasy VII Remake. Now, I, one has to wonder if uh, Prince of Persia is going to be doing a little bit of a different take or if it is just going to be a shot-for-shot recreation. Um, it'll be interesting to see kind of how that goes. Um, Prince of Persia Sands of Time, of course, launched the, the 3D Prince games. Um, I don't know. What's your familiarity with that series, Sandy, with Prince no, of Persia as a whole? So my, my I first started playing Prince of Persia on the Nintendo Entertainment System. The original Prince of Persia game is unbelievably hard, um, and for all the wrong reasons. It's kind of slippy controls. It's um, I don't like the game. I know there are people that are like, oh no, that's a great game. Eh, I don't think so. I think you just you know get your nostalgia goggles on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when Sands of Time came out, I was like, what? there's a Prince of Persia game and it's, it's rated mature. And it's like, uh, actually I don't think it got to be rated mature until like the second or third in the series. Um, but it was definitely a more mature game than what we knew from Prince of Persia. Um, it had some really cool, like uh, rewinding time dynamics and different things like that. Of course you have the sands of time. Um, it'd be interesting to see what they kind of do with the remake and, and, why they thought that was the route to go is to go back to that one game that they had that was really successful rather than trying to make a better game, a new game um, to reintroduce the series. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Um, for the fans of the uh, the arcade-style beat-em-up, they are releasing a 10-year anniversary edition of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Um, did you ever play the the original release of the Sandy the 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 beat 'em up arcade style game? I didn't. I'm actually surprised. So not a lot of people. Not a lot of people did, and I think that's why they think they can kind of you know oh you know it's kind of an indie sleeper kind of a cult hit. The same thing with the movie, right? That movie was not very popular, uh, but it reached kind of a cult status, and of course you know Chris Evans is in it, who goes on to be Captain America. And, you know, all the different, you know, kind of cameos there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how well they do with that game because I think there's a, a definitely a lot of people uh, that missed it the first time around that will play an enhanced version of it. And um, I don't know about you, but I, I poured tons and tons and tons of quarters as a kid into arcade-style beat-em-ups. Um, so I, I definitely enjoyed it the first time around. And, you know, I'll probably play it a second time around because uh, it'll also be on the Switch. Uh, so... It'd be easy to just kind of take around with you, um, but I don't. Did you play any uh, beat 'em up arcade games as a kid, Sandy? Not. God, not that I can recall. Hmm. So yeah. like my yeah. my my go tos if if I had my choice, right? You give me my stack of quarters, I would go and I would put one uh, immediately on the Simpsons arcade game. Oh, I, I did would, play that one. Which was phenomenal. And then also and the Ninja Turtles. The Ninja Turtles ones were always great. And then yeah. my other one was, because I mean these aren't like secret ones. The I, the other one was the X Men game that had six uh, six joysticks, um, and each joystick was a different character, and that one was pretty awesome too. Um, those cabinets I think are pretty hard to find in any arcades these days because they were, you know, it's it's said when you have that many sticks, uh, something's gonna go wrong. Um, but they were, it was a lot of fun. So, you know, Scott Pilgrim uh, versus the world is kind of in that same vein, that same 
you know, going through the level, beating up the guys to progress and move to, you know, move your screen to the right as always. Um, and then the only Stop other game. Back to me now. Yeah, right. Oh, God, I miss video arcades. Although, of course, now, like, they have, like, they have some, they have one um, I'm here in Pinellas County that's, like, uh, they call it, like, uh, like an arcade museum. But, like, you pay, like, 15 bucks and you can go play whatever. Um, in the time of coronavirus, I don't want to go and play a bunch of games that a bunch of people put their grubby hands on. So, <laughs> I think uh, yeah. I think I'll wait a little bit to get back out there and you know, like I want to bring my kids play. and I want to like go and like play like pinball and play you know all kinds of stuff. Um, but I think I might wait a little bit. Um, anywho, uh, one other game I want to call out real quick um, because this game is getting kind of some negative attention, despite it look it looks kind of fun. And that's uh, Immortals: Phoenix Rising, uh, which is described and, and this is i'm lifting this quote as breath of the wild with the serial numbers etched off so it is it does seem and feel like it's a little bit of a knockoff of that breath of the wild style of, of action adventure a little bit more open world okay, and gliding i know i know um this is a game that's had some some really kind of strange development um at one time it was uh called a different name altogether um, it it kind of looks like if you took Breath of the Wild and you made it about like Greek uh, mythology, right? And then you have a female protagonist that has like some magic powers, but is also just like swinging like weapons and stuff. It's kind of like uh, in my mind, and I put these together, and maybe this is wrong. It's Zelda, God of War, and Heavenly Sword all wrapped into one. And I don't know if that's going to be a positive or a negative, um, but the the game the the launch trailer came out as a part of this. Um, it's kind of a fun trailer. I mean, definitely go check it out. But I'm interested to see uh, what kind of critical review it gets when it actually comes out, um, because the mm. the the gaming uh, the game journalist community called this one out from the jump when they first announced it, which. This game was first announced right after Breath of the Wild came out, so this is like a, this has been a long time in development, uh, and Ubisoft really needs to hit a home run here. Wow, I need to watch the trailer. I'm kind of intrigued. So you're saying so it was announced, or you know that it was in that they were making it right after Breath of the Wild, or was it already in production? So it when was a, Breath of the Wild one. The way I understand the timeline is that after breath of the wild came out ubisoft came the next year to e3 um and showed off this game and everyone's kind of like yeah the the exact quote here uh taken from uh, the verge's uh preview of the game was nintendo's instant classic with the serial numbers filed off so it does look the map kind of looks similar it's physics-based puzzles it's you know it's it does feel very breath of the wild-ish um even like so the original name of it like i say it was announced as a game called gods and monsters it's eventually changed it's now called immortals phoenix rising um but i mean check out the the trailer i mean it, it looks interesting you know ubisoft needs something um i will say that they do have um a sale going on right now as like a part of their like big uh you know show 
you can go and, and get some pretty cheap games. Uh, if you're into like uh, Rainbow Six Siege, like that game's like eight bucks. Um, so there might be some stuff that's fun to go back and play. Um, and then I want to touch real quick the uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. That game is going to be releasing sooner than expected, which is uh, very strange in this coronavirus uh, time because every other game has gotten pushed back. Um, and so Assassin's Creed Valhalla, we've learned, is not going to be released on November 17th. Instead, it's going to be released on November 10th. Now you say, okay, well, why is that a big deal? That's only a week's difference. Josh, why are you even talking about that? Uh, I think it's because it segues nicely into the release of the Xbox Series X and the Xbox Series S, which come out uh, on the same day. And so Assassin's Creed is now effectively a launch title um, for the new system. Um, And so with that, Sandy, we did get the news of the Xbox Series X and the Series S, which I hadn't heard too much about the Series S, uh, coming out and uh, giving us prices that are we're going to now know how much money we're going to be spending on these consoles. Absolutely. No, I did. I remember hearing the, the rumblings and the leaks about the Xbox Series S. So just like uh, what we had for, I believe, wasn't it the 360 that had the one model? Uh, yes, they had like the arcade edition, uh, I think they called exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, that didn't That's have the that had the really small hard drive. You really couldn't store anything on it. Uh, it was more so um, a home media box to like play DVDs and and things like that. Exactly. So this one, from what I understand, it's essentially the same thing. It's all going to be digital digital software. You can't you can't do your your um, hardware hardware just on there. And the big difference here, though, between the Series S and the Series X is um, the 4K uh, capabilities, mm-hmm. but other than that, it seems like a pretty solid box, especially for the price point. They have it set at 2.99, if I'm not mistaken. Right. I don't have my notes up right now, but that seems like a pretty good deal, especially with the with the power that it's packing. You know, usually for for these for these kind of like entry level models or models where it's like, okay, here's for for gamers who who are just downloading their digital um, their digital games to play. It's gonna be no, no real hardcore gamer, I guess, in a way. No 4K playing, no 4K gaming. I mean, and at the price point, it's 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 a, it's a good it's a good console, and I think it's not really missing a, a whole lot from the Series X. Right. Yeah, it, it's it's one of those things where, like, you, I think you touched on it perfectly. Is if you are a serious hardcore gamer that wants the 4K UHD output at 60 frames per second, you're going to have to get the Series X, right? There's just no if sensor buts. But what we found, especially this year during the uh, during the pandemic, there's a lot more people that casually want to get into games, uh, and Nintendo's made that very accessible. You still have trouble finding Switches at stores um, because of that accessibility. And I think it's wise of Microsoft to put out a Series S, which, you know, it has half the size hard drive on it. But... I don't think 4K has taken off the way that like a lot of the industry thought it would in the home, um, just simply because most people cannot tell a difference that is that noticeable between a 4K TV and a standard TV. And a lot of that has to do with the media and the output of the device that you're plugging it into. And people don't really understand that. 
And so because of that, I think it does create this market for something less than 4K and more casual. And like you said, it's, it is $299 for the Series S and $499 for the Series X. $500 is a lot of cheddar to put down on a game system and then to have to turn around and buy games for it. And $300 is nothing to sniff at either, right? I mean, that's plain and simple. But where Microsoft, I think, and we haven't seen the, the PlayStation 5 price yet, but I, and I expect it to be similar to this. But the difference is, is that Microsoft has kind of taken their whole mindset of, uh, okay, like I, I used to sell computers at a, a retail store and we had to offer Microsoft Office with every computer because it didn't come with it. And you had to buy this box software, right? It was 120 bucks for the Home and Student Edition. If you wanted Microsoft Word and Excel, everything that you normally think that you can just do, right? You had to shell out 120 bucks, but that was a one-time fee that Microsoft collected from you. Now, you want to buy Microsoft Office, you can pay monthly for it, and they just collect it from you forever. And that's what Microsoft wants. And so that's why like things like Game Pass and, and things like that are, are integral to why they're willing to give you a console at 299 also um, but then also make the 499 price tag more affordable because they are also doing a monthly payment plan uh, for these systems, which I think is pretty smart. Absolutely, Josh. You know, and, and I think that we have a, a difference there with the uh, Xbox All Access too, where actually you get a better deal by paying it on the Xbox Series X S compared to the Xbox Series X. Right. Um, so. And just kind of like you mentioned, it's going to really just depend on, on the gamer. And this, and this, the two different consoles are, are aimed exactly at the, at the right audience. We have the hardcore gamers who resolution is key. Resolution is everything. And they will pay the extra, the extra $200 to have that, that processing speed and the, and the resolution where you have the more casual gamer who, who says, Hey, 300 bucks is exactly where I want to be at 4k. You know what? I, I'm actually surprised too that 4K didn't really take off at the level that I think it should have, especially with TV pricing um, going down so much. Remember when the when the first 4K TVs came out, there were upwards of five thousand, ten thousand dollars for oh, a yeah. very small 4K TV, and now you can get yourself a 4K TV for on sale for like good 200, 300 bucks. It's it's nothing compared to how it used to be. Uh, nothing. So it's really nothing. It's really, I mean, I personally don't have an, uh, a 4K TV. My, my regular HDTV is still kicking. It's still doing good. I really can't tell that much of a difference with me. 4K, not really that big of a deal, um, but it's very acceptable. So I, I do understand how, how the people in the industry are like, why are people buying more 4K stuff? It should be everywhere by now, but it's, it's just not. It's, it's really been a, a slow trek when it comes to that, that transition. Yeah, and... and- to that point, I mean, I have a 4K TV in my living room, and it's because I got one at a place that you and I both used to work at that had, you know, bad box deals and different things like that. Um, but every other TV in my house, I two of the three don't even do 1080p. Um, so, I mean, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it, it, if you're enjoying <laughs> what you're watching or what you're doing, that's the important part. But they want to make that option available. Like, uh, I used to work in, in digital signage some, and, and like... There, there are companies out there being like, look at our, you know, at trade shows, we have a great 8K display. And then someone the next year or the next trade show came with a 12K display. 
Sandy, who needs that? Nobody. Right? Nobody. I was like, I looked at you know the picture they were showing on like this 12K screen. I'm like, look, that looks better than real life. Okay, like <laughs> it really does. It's too good. It's too good. Just stop that. <laughs> Whatever that is, just knock it off, right? So you know, it, it's 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 a weird kind of thing there. Um, but yeah, so I mean, if you look at though the pricing breakdown, right? You can either pay the $500 one time or the $300 one time. And I mentioned they're doing this on a monthly basis too. Now, where the value comes in, where they get you hooked on the monthly subscriptions, um, like Game Pass and All Access and different things like that. So if you do the Xbox Series X as an X-Ray, I'm sure that my my X's and S's are starting to sound similar as we get later in the recording. Um, the Series X is $35 a month and includes all those different subscription fees for two years, which comes out to $840. If you do the Series S versus $25 a month for two years with all those things, that's $600. So right off the bat, Xbox is getting money out of you, right? If they can get you to do the monthly thing. And they want you to do the monthly thing because those games that they're releasing on their Game Pass and different things, a lot of them are Microsoft Studios. A lot of ones are ones that they already own. They don't really care. And if they can get you to do Game Pass, then they can also get you to play on PC. Um, and then also Xbox One. So everything, Xbox One, Xbox Series X slash S, and PC will have the same game library. Um, and they just care about, they don't really care about the hardware at that point. They just want you to pay for the software. And so, you know, they're going to get an extra $340 out of you on the Series X, or they're going to double their money on the sale, getting it out of you the Series S when you do that $25 a month plan. So, you know, definitely makes it more attainable for someone in the short run. Uh, but if you're someone that's just going to buy an Xbox and have get maybe two games, you're going to pay more in the end of the day doing the monthly thing than you would if you just bought those, the Xbox and those two games. But, you know, Xbox Game Pass, from what I hear, is, is the best deal in the industry because you do get, you know, certain games like the new Halo game is going to be on Game Pass day one with the launch of the system. So there's a lot of perks to that. And like I said, Microsoft, they just want to keep your money coming in monthly. They don't want you to shut that off. You know, then you think, oh, it's only 10 bucks. You know, what do I, you know, if I play a game here, a game there, what's 10 bucks, right? It's better than paying 60. And then that's how they keep you, you know, subscribed and, you know, giving them 120 bucks a year until you die. So that's how you know, they get us. That's how they get you. You know, what are you going to do? They, they got, they got you by the, they got you by the joysticks. <laughs> oh my God. They got us. They got us but, good. Yeah, they do. But, uh, I don't know. I mean, for me, I got two kids doing a monthly payment plan. I think it's a smart, uh, play to get people with kids or, you know, limited incomes, especially during the pandemic. Some people have taken loss of income or loss of job, making something that's more accessible for people to say, okay, I can afford 25 bucks a month more than I can afford $300 in one shot. So, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, Microsoft's been at this game a long time. They know what they're doing, but you know, with that said, I might actually, uh, at launch, get an Xbox, despite Ooh. the fact that, that listeners of this podcast will know that I only have a PlayStation 4 uh, right now. So uh, as far well, I have Nintendo too. I don't, I don't consider the Switch uh, in competition with these. I consider it different. But you know, I might have to uh, switch allegiances until you know until like the next Final Fantasy Seven uh, game comes out, and then I will have to buy a PS Five. Um, but you know, no, you don't, Josh. Screw Sony. 
I don't. I don't know if I can do the podcast with you anymore, Sandy. Uh, ah, no, we talked about this. Those, no, I'm people. kidding. I know, I know. No, no. Console Wars, it's not a thing. Uh, don't let companies uh, ruin friendships. Uh, that's my <laughs> PSA for the for the week. Um, but so uh, I think that, that pretty much covers all the news we wanted to touch in the video game world. Sandy, you got anything else in the world of video games? In the world of video games, I just want to do a quick shout out to Humble Bundle. I don't know if you guys have heard of it before. I absolutely love it. You go to humblebundle.com. They have thousands of games available with great discounts, lots of them on sale. Right now, they are actually doing the end of summer sale for a few more days. I think the last day is going to be September 14th at 10 a.m. Pacific time. So that gives you a couple of days once you hear this podcast to check them out. If you're not familiar, uh, with Humble Bundle, they are a store where um, you can find great deals on thousands of video games, playable on Steam, uh, Windows, on Mac. Not only that, but every purchase that you make through them supports a charity with a database of over 20,000 20, of them. So I absolutely love it. I've been able to get some, sometimes Nintendo will actually do a little indie Humble Bundle deal where you can pay as much as you want, as much as you can to support um, all these indie developers. And I think that's such a cool idea. Um, when Nintendo gets in there, I am I am in. And of course, there's every every single game developer, indie or not, Ubisoft is actually uh, sponsoring their sale on there as well. So you can pay with PayPal, you can support charity, and you can get your game on. So definitely check them out, humblebundle.com. That's awesome. And, you know, we're... Um... I've bought humble bundles in the past, and they oftentimes put pretty good games in there too. Uh, you'll get you'll get some occasional AAA releases in there too, mixed in with the indie games. Um, so definitely make sure you subscribe to their newsletter because they'll send you what's going on each time. So Sandy, before we sign off, it's time to talk about one last match where we go and we say, "Hey, listen, go check this out." We talked about impact. We talked about video games. But outside of those two things, here's some wrestling that you should go and watch. So I love how we, we keep calling it your our uh, one one last match, one more match. Um, and I've just been doing shows. <laughs> I'm just that's just the rebel. Okay, movie, uh, I mean, it could be one more show, but you know, <laughs> I I stick to the one match. You stick to the one show, but you know, it, it, I, I think it works for us, Sandy. <laughs> it does. So mine for this week is going to be Tampa Bay Pro Wrestling's Alex Perry tribute show. Uh, Alex Perry is actually uh, one of our our a fellow trainee at the Lethal Academy here in Tampa Bay. He unfortunately passed away, um, I believe, gosh, when was this already? Like a year or two years ago? I can't exactly call the date. Time, like I mentioned earlier, is a mystery to me. <laughs> But the, they did an awesome tribute show where lots of our, our Tampa Bay Pro talent was able to kind of do this, this special show to, to say goodbye to Alex. And it was a very touching show. I unfortunately wasn't able to be there in person, but now I'm able to check out the entire show on fight.tv. So guys, check it out if you get a chance. You get to see lots of incredible talent um, on there coming from the Tampa Bay uh, Pro Wrestling and Lethal Academy, oh my gosh, my brain just stopped working. Uh, I believe Duke Strikes on there. We have Hunter Law. These are names that we've kind of mentioned in the past. They're, they're 
really great guys known here locally. And of course, you've seen uh, Snoop Strikes known as Coto Brazil in MLW and Troy Hollywood in the independent scene, same with Hunter Law and lots of other up and coming students from the Lethal Academy. So check that out. It's available on fight.tv. Uh, and Josh, what's your one last match? Well, my one last match is a one last match. Um, and it is actually, like I mentioned earlier, <laughs> I was in person uh, uh, in the Daily's place for All Out. And, and I do want to call out the match between Hikaru Shida and Thunder Rosa, uh, both because they're incredible talents. Um, they had a, an incredible match. And also, uh, they really overcame uh, a really, really difficult situation to step into. Uh, being the match that followed uh, Matt Hardy's injury. Um, I've, I think I've mentioned on this podcast before, maybe I haven't, but uh, the Hardy boys were the tag team that like I grew up watching, right? Like I, I've talked about my, like I loved Rey Mysterio. He was my solo guy. Like he, if it was a singles match, Rey Mysterio all the way. But as far as tag teams go, it was the Hardy boys. Uh, team Extreme uh, had a massive crush on Lita. We won't, we won't dive into that too much. Um <laughs> I mean, thanks. Yeah, who didn't, right? Um, <laughs> but to watch uh, Sammy Guevara tackle Matt Hardy off the scissor lift and and to oh. see the impact, uh, obviously, I'll say live. It wasn't really necessarily live. They showed it because we were watching on a screen because it was happening behind us uh, in the concourse of Daly's Place. Um, but to, to hear the thud, uh, of the back of Matt Hardy's head, um, the energy in the building went to, to zero. Uh, nobody, and then of course, when they continued wrestling, um, it was really, really hard to watch. And it really, really was like watching your childhood hero. Like, I thought he died. Like, I, he was just laying there motionless. And I was like, oh shit, like Matt Hardy's done. Like, he can't, like, there's, there, there's no way they're going to continue this. And then they did. I was like, no, you could just make up some stupid kayfabe reason if you didn't want him to retire for real. Like, you know, this is professional wrestling. Who gives a shit? Stop the match. Um, and, you know, there's been plenty of talk about that. But um, Sheeta and, and Rosa had to follow that um, with, like I said, zero energy in the building. People were more concerned with how Matt Hardy was doing. Um, obviously, uh, his wife uh, got on Twitter and was pretty vocal about how terrible it was that they continued the match. And so everyone's trying to get updates and, you know, Brian Alvarez is tweeting that he's fine. And this and that. And I think people kind of started to kind of come out of that, you know, uh, that malaise of, you know, Oh wait, we're at a wrestling show and these women are giving it all they got. And so, I mean, some people called it their match of the night from the pay-per-view. I don't think that's far off from being the truth. Uh, if it's not the truth, um, they did a, a hell of a job. Both women, like I said, are, are extreme talents. I think Thunder Rosa is someone, if you haven't seen a lot of her, um, definitely, definitely go back and, and find some of her matches. She has some really good stuff in, in WA Power, um, which is on YouTube, free to watch, easy to find. Um, and of course, I mean, Hikaru Shida is top notch. So uh, really bang up job by both of those women. Overcoming an extremely, extremely hard obstacle that they had no control over. Uh, so shout out to them. Absolutely. Girl power. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So uh, with that, you know, I want to remind you guys, of course, that if you head over to Pro Wrestling Tees, we do have a shirt as well as some of the other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We are a part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network, and you can find other shows on all your podcast apps, uh, shows like One Nation Radio, uh, shows like the Keeping It Strong Style, uh, shows like the new one, Grave Consequences, or a Great Match Generator. Definitely check those out. Um, and I'll go ahead and say uh, next week we will have Rich Lotta uh, filling in, uh, covering uh, for a week here uh, from One Nation Radio. We're excited to have him. He does do our theme music, our intro and our outro. Um, so we definitely want to put him over as always for that. Uh, once again, I want to say head on over to manscaped.com. Use the promo code SUPLEX to save 20% and uh, get free shipping. And uh, I'll throw it to you, Sandy, if you want to run down the social media real quick. Social media. You can follow us on Twitter. Interact with us. We'd love to hear suggestions of the show, what you liked, what you didn't like. Remember, try to keep it positive like we tried to. <laughs> no, right. we'll, we'll, get, we'll get all the feedback. Um, but definitely check us out. Uh, my Twitter, my personal Twitter handle is at Sailor Zelda. Of course, the 8-Bit Suplex one is at 8-Bit Suplex. We have Josh. Josh, yours was Laughlin Josh. Yeah, right? Laughlin underscore out. Josh. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, yeah. There I, you go. Like I mentioned before on this show, I am horrible at social media outside <laughs> of Facebook. So. Hey, I'm pretty bad too. I need to get my follow my follower count up. So help us out. And <laughs> yeah, definitely check us out. Thank you so much. Please subscribe to our podcast. Um, if you like what you're hearing please leave us a five-star review and let us know also thank you i want to thank everyone so much for for the support that we've received for the awesome feedback that we've received we appreciate you so much i'm going to miss you so much for next week i think i'm going to be out actually a couple of weeks i'm so sorry but i will return there's some things that are happening things are transpiring and i will be away but i cannot wait to be back and josh will be accompanied by very good hands in rich He's awesome, and you'll you'll see our, our our guests for the following week as well. Yeah, absolutely, and you know we're we're gonna miss you, Sandy. Uh, definitely, we can't replace you, so it's just a, a temporary thing. She promised yeah. that she promises it's temporary. Um, I so promise. you know, but you know, if it turned into a permanent thing, it would be okay, Sandy, because you'd be on to bigger and better things. Um, but sincerely, thank you all for listening. Um, that's it for this week. Uh, we'll see you next week. Sandy, we'll see you in two weeks. Two weeks. Bye, guys. Thank you so much. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye.